tell you what, I, all of you folks, I absolutely adore your children. Gosh, I love your kids. You guys are doing a great job raising your children. Not that I'm judging you, because I've got my own to raise, and if I got judged, it'd not be good. <laughs> Listen, title of today's message, I'm going to jump right into this, Destroying the Yokes of Bondage. Now, we know that we have a God, the Holy Spirit, that, that can destroy these yokes, but I want to remind you of something today. Some of you really need to hear this. Jesus Christ, he died, went to hell, rose, He's at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you today. So you got that going for you, right? He is large and in charge today. I don't care what your circumstances say. I don't care what your mind says. I don't care what your head says. I don't care what you see. I don't care what you feel. He is still at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And we need to be excited about that. See, God's bigger I'm going to say this, and I'm going to keep reminding you of this, because I've got to remind myself of that. Because when I come into situations, and I have problems, or I feel like I'm in some kind of bondage, immediately, my mind goes to me. And how can I figure this out? How can I get out of it? What do I got to do instead of going to Him? We make God too small. What is too big for God? Nothing. You know, the only person that we have to convince of that is us. God already knows that. God, you're bigger. Yeah, I know. God, you can... Yeah, I know. God, but I need... Yeah, I know. We're the ones that have to be convinced that, yep, God can do it. Let me tell you something. Um, I like... I know some guys. I know a guy that he's got this... Uh, he's the, a power team. They call it the power team. Big Christian burly guys, you know, they, they bend um, frying pans and they break bats and they do all that kind of stuff and... You know, if he stand beside me, I'm feeling pretty bold. Because I'm going to say, you know what you're going to do? Look who's with me. Who is with you? Jesus Christ. He's the biggest dude. The biggest dude. There's no bigger duder on the planet or in the air or anywhere else. Anywhere. I don't care how hard or how far or how big you look. Nothing is bigger than him. So that's pretty good business right there, right? So I want to talk to you. Many people are in a place of bondage, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be a little bit hard. Some of you have put yourself in that place. Some of you have put yourself in that place because you've got this great big wide open door that you let the enemy walk right in. And I'm going to tell you right now, the one area of your life that you have not given completely to Jesus Christ is the area of your life that's causing you problems and giving you bondage. Amen. That was a big, long breath. Okay. Now, what is a bondage? Bondage. Anything that fastens or restrains. Now, restrains from what? Subjection or slavery. Bondage is slavery. The basic concept, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word translated bond or bondage is simply this. Loss of freedom. Now, I'm not talking about... Because, see, people are saying, well... I'm, God won't let me do this, and I'm not free of that. And right now, in the name of Jesus, the shoulder is healed completely and totally. Pain is gone. Absolutely no pain. She will leave this place today, be able to lift whatever she wants to if she has to, and live without any pain, without any soreness in Jesus' powerful name. So, bondage. 
Anything that, now, what people say is, well, God's got me in bondage because I can't do this, I can't do that. No, sin is not good. Sin puts you in bondage. Christ takes you out of bondage. What is this loss of freedom? Bondage is loss of freedom to be and do all that Christ has called you to be and all he's called you to do. That is what bondage is. Many of us put ourselves in bondage because we limit what God can do with our own head. See, anything that causes you to lose freedom in Christ, that Christ purchased on the cross, and I'm going to tell you what, these bondages can be broken. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me give you a clue. You cannot sit around and just expect, God, you're going to get me out of bondage. You are going to have to do something. It is a fight. Do you know it is a fight every day to get out of bed and say, you know what, I'm going to live as a Christian, whether I want to or not, whether I feel like it or not? Because I don't know about you, the spirit of murder goes through my head every once in a while. How about if I just put my heads around, hands around, what if I lay hands on you suddenly until you turn purple and your eyes started popping out of your head? Those are thoughts. I don't entertain them long, but they go through every once in a while. But you're supposed to be a holy man. Well, I am. I still have to fight just like you do. But I'm flesh and blood. I get up, I have a wife, I have kids, and listen, it's a fight. Got to fight. A fight, a fight, a fight. You got to fight. Not because I have a wife I have to fight. Let me, what did I do there? Got myself in trouble again. I go home all the time and she said, do you know what you said? I was under the anointing. <laughs> let me tell you, let me clear something up for you. I've heard this before. Well, he said that under the anointing. Well, it wasn't biblical. I don't care if what it was under. If it's not biblical, you it was under the anointing. Well, it's not biblical, it was wrong. But I was under the anointing. No, you weren't. You weren't under influence, but it wasn't God. Boy, I'm, I'm feeling good today. Feeling a little froggy. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Amen. All right, so, so here's what it says. I want to go to Matthew 8.28. And one of the first things that we need to do, you want to break a bondage? I'm going to, I'm going to first I'll read this and then I'll tell you what my first point is. It says right here in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me. I'm going to stop right there. Come to me. Who are you going to? Well, I had a problem. I'm going to my best friend. They're going to give you great advice. Let me tell you what your best friend is going to do. They're going to agree with your problem. Now, a real friend would say, hey, but what does the word of God say, man? Let me, let me. Let me get in agreement with that. But no, that got no good for nothing, did Yeah, I have the same problem with them. I like you. You know what? This is what I think we ought to do. I think we ought to go to the pastor. I think we ought to get them thrown out of church. I don't like what they said to me. Oh, we're, we're quick to get in agreement with that. Listen, when I get angry, oh, all kinds of things come out of my pie hole that I don't need to get an agreement with. Because if I got an agreement with coming out of my mouth, that'd be bad. I'd be starting a prison ministry. <laughs> all, come to me, all, everybody, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All who labor, and it says right here, um, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. All. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Go to him 
You see, something like this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We got the submit to God part. We don't do the resisting the devil too good. Yeah, but you just don't know these thoughts that keep coming. I know the I have the same thoughts you have. Same ones, probably. Probably both the same people. <laughs> Making lots of friends and influencing people today. I've got to, we got to resist. Resist that temptation to do things the way we've always thought. You see, in Christ, in Him, come to me. In Him is rest, in Him is joy, in Him is peace, in Him is security, in Him is protection. In Him is all you need to live a godly life. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. You can't live a more abundant life in bondage. But here's my first key, first point, first whatever. You are going to have to fully, completely and totally fully commit to Christ. Listen, I don't know where some of these people think that yeah, I claim Christianity, but I'm living a whole nother way where you think that's fully coming to Christ. And why you think that if there's an area of your life that, and I'm not talking about, listen, I, I, I got, when I first got born again, man, there were so many things wrong in my life that I didn't even know. Learning. But I'm talking about those, you know what? This part of my life, God, you can't have. Love you, Jesus. Don't touch this. You ain't having that. Well then, are you fully committed? Have you fully submitted? Have you fully come to Christ? Uh-uh. And you're in bondage? And you're saying, Lord, deliver me. He said, I'm trying. <laughs> Will you let loose of this thing? No, I'm hanging on for dear life. You're not, I'm not letting it go. Well, then hang on to it. But I don't want it. Will you take it? I'm trying. Let go of the wheel. Let go of the wheel. Submit to Christ. That's big. Completely submitted to Christ. Not partially. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying we're perfect. Please. This isn't a religious word. you got to be perfect. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, listen, we've got areas in our life. Ask him, Lord, is there an area of life that I need to give to you? He'll show you. But a lot of people won't even pray that prayer. Because they already know. I'm not going to. Because it's like a parent. Maybe, if, maybe if, I just, if I don't ask if I can go and I just go ahead and go, it'll be okay. I don't ask God what's wrong, then maybe nothing will happen, but I know it's wrong. See, Jesus brings freedom. In Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus talking, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives. That is freedom to those in bondage. And the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That word anointing means been given power or authority. Liberty is freedom, and captives are anybody that's in bondage. So Jesus came to set those in bondage free. If you're in bondage today, Jesus came to set you free. And not only is he set you free, you're already free. Walk in your freedom. But see, this is what we've got to get hold of. We've got to renew this thing right here. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Do you know, it says in Isaiah 41.10, listen to this. Fear not, for I am with you. Do you know how many, you know how many 
issues, emotional issues we are dealing with today, that the root of it is fear, depression, anxiety, panic. That's all fear-based. That's right. Christ's perfect love, if we can get a hold of that. Because, and you know what most of the anxiety is about? The, most of the anxiety is about what people think, how people see me. And let me tell you something. Social media doesn't help that. When I was in school, when I was in school, somebody didn't like you, you'd never know it. Because <laughs> you'd see them during the day, you'd see them, and then you'd go home, and, you know, they might call at you in the hallway, well, they're having a bad, I don't know. Today, if somebody doesn't like you, it is plastered all over social media, and they've got to get their little gang, Jun Horde, with them to get, and it's got to go all over the place. And people are being devastated, and then you wonder why our children have anxiety issues. It's demonic. I have a way to fix all that off. But I can't live without it. We live for hundreds of years without it. I mean, your grandparents, if they were still alive, would be like, what is this? What is this? They could live without it. I mean, heaven forbid that you sit down and have a conversation with somebody at a table face to face. They have conversations at the same table like this. That's what they do. It's craziness. Anyway, I digress. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will hold you in my righteous right hand. Yeah, right hand. He will strengthen you, help you, deliver you. Now, so the first one is you've got to fully come to Christ. The second point I want to make, Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What is coming out of your mouth? And what are you getting in agreement with? Because do you know that the minute anything happens or any kind of trouble comes, we speak the problem over and over. I can convince myself I could, I, you know, I could walk in and I'm not feeling the best. I'm, I'm tired. I got a headache. Honey, I've got a headache. It's the flu. I know it's the flu. I'm achy. I know the chills are coming. It's coming. Pour me a blankie. Help me. Now listen, I'm not saying the flu, it doesn't attack your body. But you know what? I'm not going to confess that. I'm going to say, you know what? I know what this symptom is, and I come against it in the name of Jesus, and I'm walking in healing and faith, and I'm going to do that. Because the minute, the minute you, and, and here's the thing, the minute you tell somebody, oh, got a headache, you're going to get the flu, you're probably going to die. Do you know 13 people in Texas died of the flu just last week? Thank you very much for that good report. Now I'm in fear and the flu. Wonderful. Thank you very much. That. Praise God. Now, meditate. Now, here's the second point. Meditate on. Meditate on. Think about and speak the word of God. You meditate on the word. Not on your circumstance. Not on how you feel. Not on what you think. You know, not what, you know, great-grandmammy. Great-grandmammy, she died of the consumption, and I'm going to die of the consumption too. No. Renew your mind. 
So we meditate on the word. Now listen, and I want to say this. Please understand, this isn't a formula. Do this, 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 bing. It is a fight. Every step of the way, you've got to fight. It's hard. The enemy tries to convince us, so we need to meditate. It says, it says in Isaiah 44, 11, So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This word, not your opinion. Your opinion won't return void either. It'll bring back fruit. Yeah, exactly. Rotten plums. I like that. So, what's my... So, things like this. When trouble comes, and you are in bondage, and we all, we're all there in different areas, whatever, things like this should come out of your mouth. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. To an agreement touching anything, it shall be done. Having the word of God at hand. But if you're not meditating on the word, what comes into your head? Doom and gloom. Why is it that your mind immediately goes to the negative every single time? I mean, you know, it isn't, it isn't, oh, I got a pain in my side. The thought doesn't come, man, I'm growing another ab. <laughs> yeah, I got a nine pack now. No, that's not it at all. Oh, my God. I'm going to be crippled. I got a pain. That's where our minds go. Renew your mind to the Word of God. Amen. That's right. So, so that's my third point. You've got to renew your mind. Let me tell all of you something right now. You are not what your bondage tells you you are. That is not who you are. You are not what your bondage tries to tell you you are. I'm too stupid. I'm too dumb. I'm not this. I'm not that. No, your bondage tries to tell you what you are. Do not identify yourself by what your bondage says. Identify yourself by what the Word of God says, that I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of Christ in Him. That's who I am. I am not this thing. I am this thing. And do not allow other people to put that bondage on you and tell you who and what you are. Well, you're just a loudmouth preacher with a pink shirt. You're darn tootin' I am in Christ. That doesn't offend me at all. Compliment me some more, will you? God gave, you know, hey, God gave gifts to some to do this and that. He gave me a big mouth. Praise God. See, the enemy is going to lie to you and try to make you believe that lie, that you're alone. It's a lie. That you're not worthwhile. It's a lie. That you'll never amount to anything. And I'm going to tell you something. I grew up, now Dr. Barkley's got this saying, he grew up poor, poor. He's got this saying, I was once poor, but I'm poor no more. Okay? We grew up, when I grew up, we didn't have much. We may have been poor by what other people said, but I didn't know I was poor. Other people said you're poor. But you know what? My mother... Single mom, three kids, never, ever, ever, ever allowed us to be identified as that. Ever. Never heard that word in my house, we're poor. Never, ever did we hear that. I always had shoes that I needed for athletics. 
always had clothes. We had food. We had a, man, we had a good life. Somebody else comes to try and tell you you're poor, and then all of a sudden, guess what happens? You get a hold of it, and this is, I'm going to step on a bunch of toes right now. Too many of you have a I lack mentality. And that comes all the way back from the Garden of Eden, okay, where Eve, the, the devil lied to Eve and said, if you only had this, you would be, you'd have everything that God has. God's already given you everything you need. What do you lack? Nothing. The enemy continues to try to tell you, I don't have something, so I have to get something. So we go around trying to get, trying to get, trying to get. Listen, my son comes to my house, he doesn't have to go get groceries. The groceries are already there. Just eat them. Same thing in Christ. You know, little Lulu, she says, hmm. she didn't even have to say a word. She knows what's coming. pastor's going to pick her up. Same thing in Christ. I go to him and say, He's not going to say, grow up. <laughs> Got to walk in your two feet. Go, go, make, go, go get a job. <laughs> I'm not providing for you. I've done it. I died. What more do you want from me? We got to renew our minds. By how? The washing of the water by the word. You know, so many people are in bondage because they don't know this word and they accept anything that comes down the pipe. Well, it's just my lot in life. My family grew up poor, and I'm poor, and it's just a thing. That's a generational curse that you need to break, and you can do that by renewing your mind. No, you're not poor, and, you know, if you're sitting around and boo-hoo, boo-hoo, go find a job. If you can't find one, go up to Walmart. They're hiring. Welcome to Walmart! <laughs> well, I don't want that. It doesn't pay $25 an hour, and I can't play Nintendo. Oh, the suffering. Yeah, I'm making lots of friends today. Thank you very much. Because again, listen, I'm try I, I can't tell you how much we love you guys and how much we appreciate being here, how much we appreciate being your pastor and, and people that call pastor. It's so honoring and humbling. I can't stand to see people that year after year day after day, live in this bondage that they don't have to because they refuse to renew their mind. But here's what it is. Listen, I want everything God's got for me. Okay, here's what God says to do. I don't want to do that. Then you don't want everything God wants from you for you. Can't have it both ways. So, renew your mind. You are not what your bondage says you are. It drives me crazy, and I really struggle with this, and I'll be, to be really honest. If I'm, in, if I'm in a store or something, and I understand people are stressed out, and you know they got three or four kids, and the kids are running wild, and mom's trying to keep them together. But I, I, I heard this mom mother unleash on a kid. I mean, swearing and cussing, you stupid little blankety-blank-blank, you're blank-blank-blank. It took everything in me not to hover over there in my spirituality and go, because you tell a kid they're stupid, dumb, and worthless long enough, guess what they're going to believe? And then when they're 30 years old, i got to deal with them and get all that untangled. Give me a break. Tell them what they really are. They're child of God. And, they, and guess what? They make a mistake. Doesn't mean you're worthless. My kids have never in their lives ever heard their parents ever say, you're stupid. Never. Or you're dumb. They have never heard those words. Now, they may have heard, 
That was not a really smart thing you did. And here's how I always frame that. You are way smarter than that decision that you made. You're way smarter than that. Why? Just, just because I never, that's, my kids are never going to be identified as that. And so I don't, I don't, kids aren't, people aren't going to label my kids either. What are they? Children of God. They got some hiccups, they got some problems. Yeah, mm-hmm, right. You know, and, and I, I love people, I love people that like to come up and say, hey, brother, I could tell you this, but your kids, you know, they got this and they got that. And I, yeah, no kidding. And you know why? Because they're hanging out with your kid. It sure is. And let me tell you something. Before I had kids, I was an expert. An expert. I used to travel all over this country, and I used to tell people, this is how you're supposed to raise, biblically, this is how you're supposed to raise your children, blah, 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 and your kids, blah, 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 blah. We had kids. I, I'm still sending forgive me letters. I was ignorant and stupid and have no idea what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm clueless. I was clueless. Forgive me for even opening my mouth. Because when I had kids, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, wait a second. They're not all built the same. There's no manual for every one of them to cut across. Wait a second. And even the two I've got are completely different. Obviously, I didn't expect it. One I can look at, she breaks down into the other one. I had to be beat nearly to death. Of course, we don't spank. For CD land, we don't spank. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, here, here it comes. I can hear it now. Oh, that church over there. They didn't beat their kids. Don't beat anybody. Relax, people. Holy Macintosh. See, I'm getting myself in all kinds of trouble today, aren't I? Yeah. Praise God. No, and there's many ways to discipline. I'm not talking about physically beating your child and abusing your child. I, I hate that more than anything. Correction is good. It's a good word. All right? Now, so how do we renew our mind? Romans 12, 2. This is difficult, but it has to be done. Do not be conformed to this world. You can't think like the world thinks. We have to be transformed. Now, if you've ever seen a little, little worm that goes into a cocoon and becomes a butterfly, that little worm goes into a cocoon and it is transformed into something else. By what? Renewing your mind. So if you renew your mind, you can be transformed into something else because you think differently. If you think differently, you talk differently. If you talk differently, you act differently. If you act differently, blessings come. But I can tell where people at just by the way they talk. You don't believe me? Monday cometh. You're going to get around people on Monday. You're going to hear all kinds of words flowing. I spend most of my day trying to say, I can't receive that. I don't want to receive. Because I'll tell you what, when I'm in, a, when I'm in one of those moods and somebody sows something like that, I, grab, I can grab all that and I can, go, I can go 10 times further than I should be going. So, it's, so renew your mind. Don't be conformed. See, the enemy tries to conform you to his way of thinking, his way of talking, his way of acting. And I'll tell you what, it's really simple. Turn on the news, see what's going on there, and do the opposite, and you're good. 
Yep. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but life, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, I'm going to tell you how the enemy works. The enemy gives you a thought, and he bombards you with these thoughts, and then what he wants you to do is conform to his way of thinking. Here's how, you know, I was, I was at a circus one time, and got these big old honking elephants, man. And they got a little rope tied around his leg, and I'm like, that rope ain't going to stop no elephant if he decides he wants to get ornery. But I'll tell you what happens. When they get them young, they put great big thick chains on them. And they post them down to where they can't, they can't pull away. All right? And over time, that elephant in its mind conforms to those parameters. Oh, I can't go any further. Can't go any further. Then later on, all they got to do is put something around their ankle and have it attached to something. As soon as they pull that little tug, oh, that's as far as they go. They can pull it up and take right off if they wanted to. But their mind has been conformed to that parameter, and that is exactly what the enemy is doing to us. And I'm saying the power of God in you, you can break free of that, you can shatter those chains, and you can walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for you. Woo! Man! You guys are starting to act like an African-American church. Woo-hoo! I preached in a couple of those in Saginaw. I'm telling you what, they get jiggy with it in Jesus. So guess what the enemy's trying to do? He's trying to train you by circumstances. That this is as far as it can go. You can't go any further. You're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna have a job that's any better than where you're at. You're just stuck right where you are for now. Blah, 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 blah. Be here, let me tell you, let me give you a clue through all that. Be thankful for where you're at. Okay? Be faithful with where you're at. Believing God to open doors. Then when he opens a door, you walk through it. But let me tell you something. If you are working for someone, you should be a blessing to that business, Christian. Whether you like the job or don't like the job, you speak good things and you're the best employee that anybody should ever see. Because then, I'll tell you what, God will honor that. He's not going to honor, well, that no down nerdy, I hate this place, and blah dee blah dee blah dee It all comes to a thankful heart. You know, when I first started teaching, and I had my days of being ornery too because you get frustrated, you get overwhelmed. I begged for that job. I needed that job because where we were at was a bad situation. And I was begging God, please, God, open that door. And I never, ever forgot that. People would get together, and they're complaining about this, and I'm like, hey, you know what? It's 30 below zero up there. I used to be trying to cut siding, vinyl siding, and 30 below, it's snapping and breaking, and you got to put chainsaws in the truck to keep them warm so you can use them. I'm inside here playing games all day, getting paid for it. <laughs> And you're going to complain? Be, you know what? It starts with thankfulness. Be thankful. And be a blessing. And if you're not satisfied where you're at, then pray. God will open doors. He will. But let me tell you something, oh lazy one. you got to walk through it. God opened a door. God opened a door. He opens the door. Well, I don't know. I don't like those hours. Money's not quite right. That's going to be an inconvenience to me. So, um, no, I don't. Thanks for opening the door, God, but I'll catch the next one. Let me tell you something. Still, you've heard this story. That's like this man that was caught in a flood. He's standing on top of his house. Yeah, a guy comes by with a boat, says, hey, jump in. I'll save you. Nope, the Lord's going to deliver me. Another guy comes with a bigger boat, says, jump in. He says, no, the Lord will deliver me. Here comes the helicopter. 
And the guy said, have a hole, I'll pull you out and save you. The Lord will deliver me. Well, the guy drowned. He gets to heaven and says, hey, God, why didn't you deliver me? He said, look, I sent two boats in a helicopter. What more do you want? Open the door. But I don't like the way that looks. It might be an inconvenience to me. It might cut into my Oprah time. Not doing it. Or Dr. Phil, either one. Praise God. Everybody still love me today? Okay, praise God. There's a couple of you still love me, so I'm good. And one thing about it, my wife's got to go home with me. She's got no choice. So I got one friend in this world. And this is the last point I want to make. Well, second to last point. Ooh, I'll make it quick. Jesus is bigger than your bondage. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And the last one that you need to get a hold of, do you realize that the Lord really wants to deliver you from your bondage? Somehow some of you get this idea that you deserve to be in this place because, oh, I did bad, I did this. You repent, and you don't deserve to be in that place any longer. Yes, he wants you free. Why do you think he came and died? See, in Isaiah 10, 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that this burden will be taken away from your shoulder, this yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, that word burden, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that this burden, this obligation, is what that word means, will be taken away from your shoulder. And this yoke means these orders that the enemy tries to put on you will be taken from your neck and be destroyed because of the oil, and, and that word represents the, the presence of God or the strength or the power of God that will destroy those yokes in your life. If you're in his word, you're meditating his word, you're believing his word, and you're fighting with his word. And let me tell you, I'm, I, it'd be easy to say, oh, well, let's do these five steps and nothing happened. It's a fight. It isn't easy. And some of you, you deal with dark, heavy, devastating, hard things every single day, and you wonder, am I ever going to get past with this place? And, and is it ever going to, am I ever going to, am I ever going to? Your hope is in Him. If you continue to look at your circumstances, you're going to be depressed and bummed out and oppressed and depressed and oppressed and every other kind of pressed. We've got to look to Him. Here's my thing. Every morning that I wake up, why is it that people, we compare ourselves? We always compare ourselves to somebody who's got better than us. We do. Always compare ourselves to somebody who's got it better than us. You know? You know, there, there's a guy, you know, I mean, praise God, I wake up every morning. I could stand up and I could walk. I could breathe on my own. Got a family that loves me most of the time. I'm blessed. But I always look at it, well, they've got a fancier house, they've got a fancier car, they've got a this or they got a that, you know. I mean, I, it, it, for me, it was, there, was a guy, there was a guy that was in a wheelchair, he had no, he had no feet. And I was, you know, I, was, I was talking to him, and I was feeling bad for him. I said, man, how do you do it? And he says, I'm blessed. I'm thinking, you're blessed? What do you mean? He says, you know what? I may not have two feet, but I've got two legs, and I've got two arms, and I can still talk, and I'm still breathing, and I'm still living, and I've got... What are you comparing yourself to? 
Start with thankfulness and being blessed. So, here's the five things. Fully commit to Jesus Christ, every area. Meditate on and speak the word of God. Renew this mind by and with the word. Understand that Jesus is bigger than your bondage and that the Lord does and has taken your bondage. It's the enemy that tries to put it on you and he has no right. So use the word against him. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you. We prayed, Lord, during worship about bondages being broken in people's lives. Lord, let us get a hold of these principles and understand that we have the freedom in Christ that's already been paid for. Let us help us to walk in that freedom. Help us to do what we need to do, Lord. As you open doors, let us walk through them. We pray right now in Jesus' name for every person here that's dealing with depression, depression, Lord, anxiety, whatever it is, physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, whatever bondage, Lord, we thank you that those bondages will be broken because we are renewing our mind to the truth of what God's word says about us and who we are. We are all things in Christ. We are greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The enemy has no authority and no power over our lives, and we refuse to allow him one more inch into our lives. In Jesus' powerful name. Now, Father, I pray that everyone had ears to hear. Lord, exactly the heart of this message and what I was saying. And Lord, I pray against anybody with any kind of, uh, uh, that has any kind of an offense or any division leaving this place. Lord, let the Spirit of God just, just overwhelm them and heal them in every single area. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys. Give the Lord a hand clap. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Walk free.